They labeled us niggas for so long. Shit. If I gotta be a nigga, be a real one. What's a real nigga? Real niggas fathers. Real niggas leaders. Real niggas role models. Real niggas teachers. Real niggas motivate the people they believe in. Real niggas will break their last dollar just to feed you. Real nigga talking, that's a real nigga preaching. In the world of the unthorough, real niggas decent. Real niggas understand that every man has demons. We'll give them some tough love, but it'll never help defeat them. Devil for designer, that's the realest fucking reason. Real niggas speaking, I ain't got a brother I would beef with. Jealousy is weakness, conversation bridges all. Just be real enough to know when to admit that you've been wrong. That's a real nigga. Whatever flaws, he still gonna deal with you. Hand you the brick and sell you that he trying to build with you. Real niggas never jeopardize the dream. Every move is for the group the day you recognize the team. That's the real. What's going on, y'all? It's BJ here with episode 35 of Change the Subject. And I got another great conversation and another dope guest. Now, the previous episode that you just heard was with Ralph of Oversaturated Podcast. And now we double back with another episode with the other host of Oversaturated Podcast. I got Johnny from oversaturated coming through for episode 35 what's good my brother what's good man i appreciate you for having me uh shout out to my boy ralph um we here man for sure man this was dope that i was able to get y'all in one sitting because i was telling him on the uh episode that technically around this time i was supposed to have pulled up on y'all to you mm. know come kick it so i can yep. get y'all both on the show together but you know covid kind of yeah, shifted man everything for us but you know we have the technology to still kind of you know collaborate and do some very good stuff so i'm glad you came through bro man thanks for having me man i'm i'm excited to be here man yes sir i got a great conversation that i definitely think we're going to um really break some things down but before we get into that um, I always give the guests the opportunity to introduce themselves tell them what they would like the listeners to know about your show and what you and Ralph do as OS. So just um give them an introduction to yourself real quick. Yeah, what's good, y'all? Um, this is Johnny, one half of Oversaturated the Podcast. Um, Ralph and I, we started we started Oversaturated in twenty seventeen, just on some random stuff. Uh Ralph actually put me on to podcasting. Um so I, I listen I used to listen to uh Jalen and Jacoby um Joe Budden podcast back in it, back when it was called I'll name this podcast later, yeah, and yeah, yeah. When, whenever me and Ralph get together, like so I, I've known Ralph since high school, so we went to the same high school, went to the same college, and anytime we get together, you know we're having these dope conversations, debates about everything, music, pop culture, movies, TV, in anything. So I was riding home one day from work. And I was listening to uh Joe Button podcast and I was like, me and Ralph could do this. Like, this is this is like we we could do this. So I texted him on my way home, was like, hey, we should we should start a podcast. And he came up with the name and we did uh we did a test episode on episode zero where we debated Kanye West, the producer versus the MC, which one was better. And it was received really well and we've been doing it ever since. This is a, what our third year now. Yeah, and our yeah. our show our show is called Oversaturated for a reason. We cover a plethora of topics. I mean, one week we can be discussing music albums. Uh, the next week we could be um, 
reviewing Insecure. Uh, we're, currently, we're in the midst of debating The Wire versus Breaking Bad. So it's it's a series we're calling Breaking the Wire, where for each season of the show, we uh, review, break down, and debate which which show which season of the show was better. So we just we just dropped part two where we debated season two of the wire and breaking bad so make sure you guys check that out for sure for sure um i definitely think that it's it's interesting how you guys do these type of conversations because to the other creatives it seems as though like conversations about those two series is kind of like dated Mm, but for me it's interesting because I haven't seen the entire series of either of those two shows. So it would make me want to go back and, you know, check out some stuff that I probably never have heard. So it's interesting how y'all can put those together in that way and it still be, you know, new and current. So definitely for all of my listeners that are looking for, you know, dope podcasters and, you know, and also men in podcasting, you know, OS is definitely a show that you can get into. So definitely. tell them BJ sent you over there. All right. So um, we about to get into the actual show. But before we do that, we have to do the opening segment, which is called Q&A. Okay. Now, Q&A is just a bunch of icebreaker questions that kind of get into your mind and see what your thought process would be in certain situations. And if, in fact, you get to a question that you feel like you don't have an answer to, there is an alternative. But the alternative may be harder or possibly easier than one of the questions. You never know. So you ready to get into it? Let's do it. All right. So question number one is a hypothetical. Okay. Your daughters have suffered heartbreak at every turn. And each of their stories have somehow tied into things you've done to someone else's daughter. What would you say as a man that would restore their faith and love in terms of men when you exemplify the very things that they're crying about? All right. Well, you're coming out the gate swinging. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's see. Um, I have to I have I, I have to sit them down and first of all, understand what it is that's happened to them and see if there's a way that we can first of all heal from heal from what it is that they're you know been hurt by and then work work toward maybe finding or choosing choosing someone that doesn't display those types of behaviors because maybe maybe there's a pattern in the type of people that they've chosen and maybe and maybe that would be my fault so maybe i need to look at something in myself to say okay i've done this in the past this wasn't right let's see if we can identify the characteristics that are opposite of what opposite of the behaviors that have been chosen okay okay all right all right great answer great answer all right number two is name the worst smell that comes from a woman the worst smell oh my goodness yeah uh, let's see. Mm. Well, the first thing that came to my mind was, okay, there could be two smells. How explicit can we get here? Hey, whatever you got is what I take. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, one automatically is like breath. Like, 
that's the first thing you can smell on a woman if you know you're kind of close to her trying to talk to her so breath and if you get if you get intimate with the woman then of course you know all right yeah yeah. (laughs) (laughs) all right so number three is spray on deodorant or rub on deodorant rub on rub on deodorant that's weird that everybody everybody i ask that question they always say rub on why do people think that the rub on is better i don't some well for me personally the spray on deodorant doesn't like doesn't work i don't know oh, i don't know if it's oh. just not compatible with my body or what it's just oh, okay. spray on joint don't work all right all right that makes <laughs> sense all right so question number four is your best friend falls in love with your sister who has a mental illness and because of the illness it produces a toxicity that could potentially destroy them as people and send them back into the world with the potentials of not being good for anyone else once their fling is over the very thing about your sister's illness is exactly why you two aren't close as siblings but your best friend finds out that she well no let's change this question because i'm reading it as the question is pretty much written out so i'm going to say the very thing about your sister's illness is exactly why you two aren't close as siblings but your bf finds her attractive and is oblivious to her illness who is the one you feel the need to protect the most in this instance when despite their toxic traits they both see the beauty of their individuality in each other goodness um I, w- I would say I would say my sister even though we don't have the best relationship she's still my sister like I want to make sure my sister is fi- is you know is is doing well and if them together won't work it's like okay I in essence I really I'm really protecting my best friend and my sister it's like okay y'all find each other attractive cool but I know my sister has this illness that once my best friend finds out like he's going to be up he's probably probably going to be upset and not uh respect her or want to take care of her like that only because he find he just finds her attractive so i Mm. I feel like i would want to protect my sister okay yeah because i always i always think that when it comes to like um really when i think about this this is why i feel like you know brothers can't really cross the line with their homies you know siblings like yeah you know because that's a that's a tough spot to be in because one my first question is well why is my nigga who calls me his brother looks at my sister any different than the relationship i have to her exactly it's it's it's, it's kind of like a conflict of interest honestly yeah yeah so yeah. it's like it's like do you think that i'm gonna let you slide on certain shit with my sister because you my dog like what does this like how does this work so that's why i really don't you know vibe too much with the homies kind of kicking it with my you know immediate circle but yeah i get what you're saying i definitely would choose my sister too but i would make sure that he understands that it has nothing to do with my man principle it's more so you know knowing that you know my sister got some shit going on with her that mm-hmm. i'm still not gonna tell you mm-hmm. but you know this is what it is yeah right i feel that all right so number five is what purpose can a woman you are not attractive to serve other than your ego um 
Well, I, I have this quote. I have this quote that I have that I share with all of my women, all of my women friends. Uh, black women get shit done. Now, I have I have a lot of women friends and each of them are doing their thing. Like I have one uh, getting her PhD right now. A bunch of my women friends have like businesses. I have one that just uh, got her first uh, investment property. So having having these women around that you have no uh, sexual interest in is great because it, it's putting you, it's putting you in a space to be motivated to do certain things. So it's like okay, okay, okay. I see I see my friend just got her investment property that's dope maybe i don't have the means to get an investment property but maybe i could start smaller i could get like a vending machine or something like that home mm. other home girl getting her phd like you somebody would have to pay me a million dollars to go back to school right now like i'm never i, I never want to go back to school in my life but seeing her pursue her phd is like so amazing like i want to help her at every turn like if she needs something on statistics like i'm, I'm a numbers guy I'm here to help like whatever she mm -hmm. needs I'm here to help her because I want to see her succeed so it's it's motivating to have these people around you that are continuing to to progress in their lives and and have these great accomplishments all right that's dope so they serve as like a, a huge motivation or inspiration to you there you go definitely when, yeah when you can focus on what they're doing all right yep. cool cool all right so number six is you are given an iPod with five artists on a playlist but before the ipod is handed over you have to pick the playlist first which are you picking between a or b a is lil dirk lil wayne little peep lil uzi vert and lil troy and b is big timers big frida big punisher big tuck and big gip so definitely B because I don't know <laughs> any of the people you said in A. Like I've heard of I heard of Lil Peep, but I couldn't tell you one one song. Like I don't know any of those any of those artists' music in A. So definitely B. Oh okay. Well, the only one that I know in A is Wayne. So oh Wayne 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 right yeah. right right. But, but yeah, shit. I definitely know more people in B than A. All right, cool. So you answered all your questions, bro. Hey, so um, today I wanted to talk about integrity in terms of singleness when it comes to men. Mm -hmm. Right. And yep. um, why this seems to be overlooked by people who believe that they only have to account for themselves when they single. And this conversation is important to have is because of the worst of who we are, are attached to our fantasies and upbringings that were pretty much handed down to us by other men that encourage our singleness and the ongoing cycle is continued by those you know impressionable brothers that we hang around while being single you know mm -hmm. like we we all kind of sharing the you know the luxuries of the different women that we are you know fortunate enough to interact with and have physical relationships with mm -hmm. and um i did an episode early in my podcast career called when your right hand man goes left with um, some good homies from Cleveland, shout out to DMST. And we kind of discuss like how we adjust to growth within our relationships with men in our lives. But it was more so pertaining to like marriage, 
business mm-hmm. um when you know the i guess the system in place for your friendships have kind of shifted like how do you understand that it's growth and not you know a side eye or somebody changing on you and i kind of want to follow up that conversation from a different vantage point so okay the things that i want to discuss is three things in particular that i want to touch on in the second part to what we would call when your right hand man goes left too i want to talk about how we maintain brotherhoods despite differences so that we can keep our bonds tight the mm-hmm. second thing is what's the responsibility of you as a brother to the mother of children who call you uncle johnny And number three is what are things we don't spend enough time doing as men that we could afford to do more of besides hanging, drinking and socializing and how much activity within our brotherhoods contribute to our core values as men. So we're going to get into some some pretty heavy things, but it's just how we feel as men that we don't really get to talk about and express as much as we probably should. So, um. What comes to mind when you hear these things in general? Um, so when you when you were listing those topics out, the the first thing that came to my mind was we have to. As men, we have to understand where we are in in life. So. Me, me personally, right, I I'm recent I'm recently divorced, right? And okay. now a lot of my friends are in serious relationships, engaged, about to be married. So understanding where we are and understanding the path that we're currently on in life is like key. So, yeah, I'm single now. I know there are certain things that I could probably go out and do now that my non-single friends can't. And it was vice versa before when I was married. I was one of the one of my only one of the only people in my friend group that was in the serious relationship. So I knew it was certain things that they could do that I couldn't, which, which is perfectly fine. So understanding Mm -hmm. what, like what can and what should and shouldn't be done in a particular situation is, is where we is where things should start. Okay. Okay. So let me ask you a question now, considering that, I mean, and this is not to assume that there was like a, a fallout, but Mm -hmm. When you say that you are like recently divorced, was there a time in that period where all of the things that the single homies was doing was enticing or it was something that you felt like was beginning to pique your interest again because you're looking forward to the moment when you're again a single man? Like, is it does it feel the same when you have that type of relationship and then you go back into singleness does the the male the animal or the predator that we're initially raised to be is that still as enticing as it was before um it it wasn't for me because during the process i was trying to salvage my marriage so everything that everything that the single homies was doing like you know they was you know still kicking it doing what they was doing but it wasn't like Oh man, I can't wait to get back out there and do that because I was trying to make sure or trying to, I guess, fix my marriage or seeing if I could, you know, get back in the marriage. Yeah. Yeah. And salute to you for saying that because like we don't, every time we hear 
stories of divorce, it's almost like it's the man's fault. It's like always somehow, some way, mm-hmm. um, society and the women in general, we somehow try to figure out a way to make it the man's fault. And here we are hearing a man saying, I was actually putting in the work mm-hmm. to, you know, salvage the marriage, you know, and it it really gives like it really gives hope to the guys that don't believe that you know it's men out here trying to take that fighting chance you know what i'm saying because a lot of times when you don't have the inspiration which is kind of what we're talking about when you don't have the surroundings or the support system that encourage those behaviors a lot of times you don't assume to fight as hard as you probably should because there's Mm -hmm. nobody that understands around you you know to encourage you to keep fighting the good fight so like that's dope that you know you were able to illustrate that for men and that's exactly why we want to have this conversation so as single men just thinking about what that was for me when i was one single we exist for a very long time in the past times where we're just living life and Mm -hmm. when we say this out loud it sounds really good it's like carefree um doing what is infamously known as doing me you know we are only responsible for ourselves but the longer we stay there the more careless we tend to become gotcha yeah it's um it's a beautiful thing to not have uh responsibilities as an adult true enough you know what i'm saying we we love what it feels like to not have a care in the world even if that's for a day but think about how many days it literally takes to um get to a point where you can actually say i'm doing me like that's Mm -hmm. a long time yeah you know and sometimes the longer that is again the more careless you tend to become and this is why responsibilities are important and a pack of men who are like-minded who breaks that cycle if all of y'all are on that same page. But see, I think that's where having, I guess, ex- having friends outside of your core friend group and even maybe having some of those uh, women friends as well, women friends that you can actually sit and talk to without any, you know, prejudgments or anybody thinking I'm only here, you know, to try to get intimate, you know, just having a different mindset. So if, you know, if you're around the same group of friends constantly, you guys are going to have the same thought processes because, you know, you guys tend to do the same things all the time. Mm -hmm. Where does, where does the difference come in? The difference comes in outside of that friend group. So Maybe you talk to somebody at work or maybe you have a maybe you have another college friend that you just recently uh, reconnected with that starts to change the thought process on certain things. And then you bring that back to your core friend group and maybe only a couple people catch on, but at least a couple people catch on to that new thought process. It's like, okay, maybe we should try to start switching things up. Mm. So, like, is it? Does every man group have a leader? Is that something that you believe is common? Because like I think of I think of all of my like friend groups that I once had and I think I've been the leader twice, but mm-hmm. 
I was more or less like in my own mind, I was just one of the homies. Like I never really knew that I was the the leader because of course we crucified a leader in a sense. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So like, do you think that like when the brotherhoods come together that there's initially um, a, a go-to person in those spaces all the time? Pro- probably not initially, but what I think happens most times is you you have you have a group you have a group of friends and maybe there's one person out of the group that the other people see is is like doing great things or giving great advice or just uh showing leadership qualities and I think mm-hmm. the other friends in that group quietly make that person the leader. And then start treating him as such. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, because that, that's exactly how it would happen for me. Like I remember, um, and this is like and this is kind of like a an interesting way of showing just how much impact um stepping out on your own can actually have on your friendship groups. I remember um not being able to afford to go to college. Because mm-hmm. one of the reasons why I couldn't pay much attention to my grades was because in the last couple of years of high school, my mother was unemployed and I come from a single home. So naturally, the first thing in my mind to do was to go get a job while still being in high school, because one, I had to maintain my ego, which not many of us can teach our boys about why our ego is not as important as we make it seem mm-hmm. so my ego told me i still got to get fresh and i still have to be in the mix for all of what's going on in junior and senior year so mm-hmm. um i would i would literally only go to i say two classes because the two classes were definitely close to each other one was fifth and the other one was six hour and I only needed those two credits to graduate. So gotcha. I didn't care about the other little filler classes. And that, you know, that did my GPA bad. Mm-hmm. So um, I would literally go to work when, when my mother is thinking I'm going to school. I'm going to work at 6 a.m. to, you know, prep and open up at uh, KFC is where I was working. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm working at KFC from like six to one my school was literally three blocks away from the kfc it was all on one street so um it was inside of the city and it was in between um two major streets so it was literally like a 15 minute walk to the school from work Uh and so i would go to my fifth and my sixth hour my manager was cool with me going to the fifth and sixth hour I had my little work permit and all of that. And then I would leave school and go back to work. Wow. So um, I remember like in those times I had like a, a group of friends in the hood, but then I had like a group of friends in school. Mm-hmm. Um, The friends in the hood I was closest to. So like they would see me doing that and it's just like, you know, oh, he don't hang because he got to go to work. And then. Mm-hmm. When I couldn't afford college, I went to like um like a secondary education. It was called NIT, a National Institute of Technology. Okay. It wasn't college. It was like you know DeVry in the like sense. a tra- like a trade school kind a of a trade school, right? Yeah. 
And so when I started going to NIT, the homies like, oh, here come college boy. I'm like, my nigga, this, I wish it was college. Thank you for seeing more in me than I would see naturally in myself. But Mm -hmm. this ain't it. I'm going, you know, eight to five and I'm back in the hood with y'all. You know what I'm saying? So it was just like, you, you begin to, you know, subconsciously think that like everything that this person does when it's not as, it's not as great as you truly believe it is, it's just more than what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And that begins to change the dynamics of those friendships. And I'm here today actually saying I am not friends with none of them niggas no more. And at a time it hurt. Well, yeah, because yeah, I, I mean, I, I understand it hurting because like those are those are your guys. Like, yeah. you know, those are the people you kicked it with every day. But you were in a process of bettering yourself because you didn't want to stay in. The, you didn't want to stay in the same spot. Yeah, and right. you were work. You were working toward, um, uh, doing better. So, I get it, man. I definitely get it. And it's like it was crazy because I'm telling them like, it's not really what y'all think. Like y'all can get on the same page. We yeah. can all, you know, level up. We can get some money. We can do this. We can do that. It was always like you know coming back to the circle. You know, telling them that like, okay, we ain't gotta just be you know sitting around like this you know um a couple of the homies was having too many babies because they ain't doing nothing but sitting around you know what mm-hmm, i'm saying so mm-hmm. it was just like we would have this disconnect and i'm just the person that you know even outside of my social life i was still having you know real man problems early on into my you know pre-adulthood so i was mm-hmm. trying to move and shake then you know i graduated from the secondary education spot i couldn't find no computer job because they don't tell you that very few companies actually consider that certificate to be the equivalent to a degree so i got like all of this you know radio technology training i know how to build a computer from the ground up all of this stuff they taught me how to do you know, with radio frequencies and all of this stuff that I don't use today. And now I'm in the job force thinking I'm going to find me a nice little job, whatever. And they like, nah, bro, like this is, this is an 18 month program. This is not a four year degree. So I'm back out. I'm back out trying to find my way. And I think maybe a year or two after that is when I went to a truck driver school Mm -hmm. because it was, you know, the only thing that I could jump in and, you know, get something out of quick and fast. So I went to truck driving school and even then it was the same thing. Like, Oh, here you go. You know what I'm saying? He always into something. He always, you know, they made me seem like the friend that always had like the hustle that never worked. Mm-hmm. So it was like one minute you in the computers that ain't work. Now you trying to be a truck driver, bro. Like you got to focus, bro. Like, it's like, you don't realize that I'm trying to grind for something. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so um, I remember I remember a turning point and uh, I had got to a point where I had met a girl that I wasn't kicking it with, but we was like super cool because her uncle was somebody I was trying to get close to. Her uncle was like the plug for this huge company that, um, you know, was given an opportunity for people you know, fresh out of school. Mm -hmm. And she was telling me, she was just like, you know, 
um, I can definitely put you in touch with my uncle. But she was like, me knowing him, I got to for real, for real know you first before I tell him, you know, about you. Because he going to look at me when I bring you through because his reputation is that high. And so um, I'm trying to get the job. So, like, you know, we hanging out. She telling me, you know, like when to pull up, you know, he going to be over. I'm having like small conversations. She making me look or appear to be a family friend. It wasn't like we was kicking it. It was mm -hmm. really, you know, we met. I forget how we met. It was something we were doing together. Um, I think it was school, actually. I think she was, like, on the other side of the building learning cosmetology because the truck driving school, it was like a trade building. So one side is the truck drivers. The other side was, like, the beauty and the hair stuff or whatever. So I think that's how we met. So I'm just hanging with her, just trying to get the plug. Mm -hmm. um, and they was looking at it like I'm hanging with this girl now. So I'm like, y'all niggas is just haters. You know what I'm saying? That's like, what it Yeah, that's what it sound like. <laughs> yeah, it was just like, nah, this ain't got nothing to do with nothing I'm doing. Y'all niggas is just haters. And well, so, let, let let me ask you this: at any mm -hmm. point, at any point during, like you getting the um the certificate and you being in truck driving school, like, were you talking to them about what it is? Like talking, talking to them about your plans? Like, Oh, so the cert, like the certification didn't work out because they, they want a four year degree. So now I'm planning to go to truck driver school. Like, did you actually talk to them about that or, and did they just not understand it or they didn't care? Or like, how did that work? It was a little, it was a little bit of all of that because when they was like teasing me, you know, we joke on each other all the time. So when right. they teasing me, I'm just like, man, fuck y'all, nigga. I, you know, it ain't no jobs, you know, in this field right now. So I got to get to it. You know right. what I'm saying? Like, it yeah. wasn't like, no, I didn't really take that personal, but it was just almost like, you know, oh, here you go. Because I remember like they was around for when I started off in KFC. I don't know why they thought that KFC was like a career goal. My nigga, I'm just trying to get some change while I'm in high school. That was not where I saw myself 20 years from now. Yeah. So they like, man, you went to KFC. Then you went here. Then you went to the movie theater. You was working at the movie theater for a minute. They just picking me apart. And I wasn't realizing that this whole time these niggas was on the block. Yeah. The whole time. Like, you know, I had one homeboy who did have like a little job or whatever and i can't even really tell you what it was i just knew that he would like leave you'll see him walking up the street at two you see him walking back down the street by at least seven o'clock so he only had like a four hour part-time job or whatever so he really wasn't missing nothing yeah you know what i'm saying but like that was the most of it and then you know a couple of homies had their little weed to sell but, like, nobody was really doing anything out of the ordinary. And the only reason that we were cool was because we all lived on that same block. Gotcha. So, like, to kind of get back into the conversation, like, in a circle of growth, why do you think that is so common for us to weaponize maturity or growth? You know, and what needs to happen when you, the person who decides to go left, which most of the time when we say go left, it's almost like, you the one that's changing in a negative way but in this particular instance when you go left you're actually going in the opposite direction of what could be destruction or what could be 
like a standstill like why do you feel why do you feel like we we seem to see that as negative i think a lot of people are just comfortable where they are um like your your homies that was on the block like they were like that that's all they knew i guess they didn't they don't under they didn't understand that there's literally an entire world of things out there to do and maybe it was scary for them to try to take risks to do something else because they were so comfortable yeah. where they are yeah. like yeah look we're gonna be here at um we're gonna be here at 11 a.m we know we're gonna go to the corner store grab something to drink something to eat we're gonna be right back here kicking it with each other because this is what we're comfortable with we don't we didn't know that oh yeah maybe we could go get a certificate and try to go get a job we could go to truck driving school that'll allow us to drive across the country and see all of these other different states all these other monuments like we get to see new stuff but no right, i'm comfortable right. seeing the same block every day because this is what i know this is my this is my home like this is what you know this is what i'm comfortable with i think that's the major that's the major thing and that that's unfortunate i think that's really unfortunate because yeah. there's so much even just in the united states it's so much to see let alone the entire planet like there's just a lot of other stuff to see and so i think about like how a lot of us like you know teach other boys we teach the up and coming these lessons from a disadvantage in a sense mm -hmm. because some of us are adults that have never seen opportunity in its fullest potential so yeah. like in a sense like how do you prevent yourself from holding another brother or another young boy back from the limit like the limitations of your potential like how do you keep from holding another person back because i find that a lot of people who are looking for help or even love for that matter are not necessarily like focusing on credentials they look at more so what they believe you to either exemplify or know something about so how do you not hold another person back based on your limitation or viewpoint I think it I think it comes to comes back to accepting somebody where they are like so I'm I'm a numbers guy like I love numbers I've loved math ever since high school right mm -hmm. now there could be somebody else that complete like loves science like loves like planets stars all that type of stuff I, I that's that's not my thing right mm -hmm. but I can't I can't chastise him because what he likes is different from what I like. Maybe I know, maybe I can put him in touch with somebody that was an astronaut or something like that. Like, you know, the hype, this is hypothetical, but maybe I know somebody that could cultivate hit what he likes to put him on the right path to the stuff that he likes to do. Like, I can't hate on him for liking something that's different from what I like. Right, right, right. right. And I think that, I think that's the major, I think that's the major key right there. It's like, yeah, he, what he likes is different. And I know somebody else that likes that too. So instead of like talking about it, maybe I could put them in touch with each other. And maybe they could go do some great shit on their own because that's not what I'm into. And I could just watch them. I can do my thing over here and watch them do what they're doing over there. And like, maybe they'll, you know, blow up and do something great, you know? Yeah. 
But I think that that takes a level of maturity, too, because a lot of people want to be present for everything. So like in in linking the people who have the common, I guess, the common idea between Mm -hmm. them, you still want the privilege or the the power to still be a part when it's going to was going to require a certain level of time away from the people that are actually different in perspective so it's like you still can't really respect it because now they're developing a bond yeah by that commonality and you still kind of feel like well that what they doing may not necessarily have anything to do with the friendship so now you're developing a sense of jealousy in a sense it's like they hanging tough when they're just enjoying what they're doing yeah you know what i'm saying yeah and i I don't understand why that's a thing. Like, why would I be jealous of somebody over there doing, you know, doing their own thing and and flourishing? Like, I I don't know. I just <laughs> it's hard. I don't get it. <laughs> I think that's another conversation. The perspective of coming from nothing. Like, you know, when you come from nothing, you tend to hold on to everything with a tight grip. Yeah. Like, so you don't want to. You don't want to lose a moment. You don't want to lose a friend. You don't want to lose an opportunity because you know, like what it was like to, to get those things. But, you know, we don't appreciate the outgrow the, or the outgrowing process and what that does for us as men and women. So that's probably why it's difficult for us to allow people the same room and respect to grow into something that they love that could potentially make them happier as a brother you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. but that makes sense um now we're going to get into um when the brother finds a good girl right okay so part of us being selfish as men um there's a whole phase in a man and we're told that this whole phase is beneficial because we all know that it's gonna come a time where there's a cutoff yeah right um but a lot of times what we don't take into consideration is that in that phase can it it can also create an addiction and i found out as a man even in the whole phase for some it's never enough you know because your bodies um that you kind of like rack up as a man is now considered currency you Mm -hmm. know it's it's how we compete in these low spaces of our manhood for so long that we lose our chance to grow beyond our expectations of what are no that's not even it because well in some ways it does lessen our chances to grow beyond the expectations of the homies but it also reduces the women to only being good for something yeah because when you usually say what a woman is good for you're not really realizing how arrogant or self-serving you actually sound because your your opinion is based totally on what you benefit not necessarily what you contribute or what she's deserving of and that's a part of um singleness that we don't necessarily account for and there's a responsibility that you communicate when you begin to say like i need a bitch that's gonna do like that's the indication that you've been in this singleness for too long because now yeah. you don't even respect her. Right. You know what I'm saying? And um, as a brother, you know, let's just say 
your homie finds a good girl that he looks at like every other woman. You know, um, he doesn't have the, you know, the intuition. He doesn't have the maturity to know that it's something different about this one. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. is it your responsibility as a brother who does see the value? Is it your job to make him see what he has? 100%. Definitely. And if he doesn't, if he doesn't understand or if he's trying not to understand that this woman that you have is a is a great woman like this is not just i guess a notch on your belt like you gotta leave you gotta leave her alone like Mm, mm -hmm. it's not because there's there's somebody out there that's probably willing to make that woman their woman like and not look not only look for things from her but wants to provide things to her as well so if you're not going to do that for that for that good woman, then you need to leave her alone. And I need to have a talk with him to see why it is he feels that way because like that's not okay. Like women aren't out here just to please men. Women are out here doing their own thing, uh having their own businesses, doing doing a lot for themselves and we can't just go up and interrupt their time just because we want to have sex. Like that yeah. that's that's wild to me. Yeah. And um, another thing that I remember, too, in those, you know, homie spaces is there's always that one homie that's getting more ass than you, you know, and Mm -hmm. it makes you as the it makes you as the lesser fortunate brother. It makes you go harder at being reckless and self-centered because you trying to compete with your bro. And it's like, um. There's so many things that we say that we don't realize that are shackles to the homies. It's like bros over hoes. You know what I'm saying? Like, and you how know we, what? that shit crazy. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, that shit is crazy. That's, that phrase to me is just nuts. <laughs> right. And it's like, damn, like, because you don't realize that, like, bros over hoes is not even, I mean, it's a little... It's definitely immature, but it's a blurred line because, again, like we say, like, because you play so fucking much as a single man and you don't take anything serious, you don't know how to recognize when something should be taken serious. So the hoes is a group of women that are elite that you completely take for granted. Like, you don't you don't know how to see women for more than what they serve you in your singleness. So you can't really give them their just due or what they deserve so you realize that as as long as the the longer you play the field the less likely you are to appreciate the woman that requires you to grow yeah you know and you look back years and sometimes decades later realizing that all of your memories are wasted time deteriorating your possibilities for true love but if the homies aren't promoting love and family how do we as the gang like level up the perspective of how we see women so it's like is let, that a go ahead go ahead let, let let me ask you this because this is something i've always wondered like why even even in high school why is it like why is sex the motivation like for for me for me this and this is just me personally like sex never motivated me to get women like 
of course sex is great you know all this type of stuff but it was never i was never the type of person to be, be like oh man damn she fine i gotta make sure like i, I need to go have sex with her like I, that was mm-hmm. never the thing for me and maybe because i grew up in a, a single a single mother home with a sister like yeah i've, I've, yeah. I've just always been it, that's never been my thing because i'm in my mind i don't want in i don't want anyone to approach my mom or my sister that way because then we're gonna have to fight yeah and i don't i don't want to have to fight or shoot anybody so it's like that that's never been the thing for me so i never i never really understood that and you know like me as a youngin i used to like that sucker shit like i used to like kissing and shit like that like Mm -hmm. i i wanted the whole package i wanted to like like really had that crush on you really feel like i gotta figure out what to say to Mm -hmm. really make you want to fuck with me i wanted the whole process and i don't know where that came from i just know that it was just certain things that i really enjoyed like i liked how it felt when you came around the corner and she seen you and she kind of like low-key blushing and you know what i'm saying like butterflies and shit yeah Yeah. right 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 you know what i'm saying because it kind of it kind of attributed to when y'all really were intimate with one another like i remember what it was like you know sneaking the kiss around the hall or you know all of those different levels of like really making sure that this person is all the way feeling you but i think that like again in singleness there's a lot of conversations that we don't have as men it's like why do you enjoy being single some people want to make it seem like relationships have just not served you at all mm-hmm. when true enough you've never cultivated the experiences that were necessary for you to sustain in yeah. a relationship like you're not spending enough time trying to work on things that help you better build or create with an individual to be able to be in a relationship that serves you because you're so busy in a single mind you're single-minded you know what i'm saying and it's like when you get to that point in your life i think what tends to happen is you care less about the sex when it becomes a very important part of a healthy relationship because you've wasted so much time on sex in your younger days so let's just say you had all the sex in the world when it didn't matter in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And now you settle down with a woman who is well worth all of that energy you were wasting. Mm-hmm. You get in a relationship and now sex is just like, eh, whatever. It's no effort. It's no, you're not into the, the cat and mouse no more because you feel like you're grown. You don't waste so much time to now none of those things that matter are desires anymore. And now you just you just existing in this relationship that you don't really know how to provide fulfillment to because of so much of those integral years or those informative years of your relationships were never really never really seen or in perspective correctly mm-hmm. in a sense that I guess that's what it comes down to and those are the brothers that kind of hand down the lessons to the younger generation. Now you got a nephew or something, or the homies got a nephew now because you didn't have a kid. And now you want to tell, you want to tell youngin, oh, well, you ain't going to be doing 
this, this, and this for no woman. You make sure she do this or you make sure she do that because you never knew how to treat a woman who's deserving the proper way. Yeah. It's... It, these young kids is growing up with fucked up examples. Yeah, this yeah, that's true. A lot, you know? a lot of the pa- a lot of the parents are younger now. So a lot of the parents are younger and haven't had fulfilling relationships mm-hmm. in their life, and and that's not and I and I don't necessarily mean only like a spouse relationship. I mean like. They don't have good relationships relationships with their parents, with their friends. A lot of the relationships our generation grew up on were kind of t- were were somewhat to- toxic, and we're in the we're in the process, or at least some of us are in the process of trying to break that cycle. Yeah, and yeah. It, it's it's hard to try to break that cycle and try to rate and try to have a family at the same time. So it's like it, it's it's kind of like it's, it's, it's like a cycle, to be honest. It's like, how can I how can I as an individual raise a kid or have a successful relationship with a spouse when I'm still dealing with a lot of stuff from my childhood from not not having a father around or dealing with certain things that my, that my parent that my mom never dealt with when she was when she was younger. So it's like, how, how can I raise somebody or how can I teach the younger generation how to be better when I don't even know how to be better myself? Or if or if I'm in the process of learning how to be better, yeah, like I can't teach yeah. you if I don't know, you know? Yeah. So let's get into that. Um, One of the biggest issues we never consider in our brotherhoods is our loyalty to the children that are birthed in these spaces where we share with our homies and the spaces that we've made the most mistakes in. Now, mm-hmm. um, we never count the children as a mistake, but the children were born in the process of the biggest mistakes that we've made. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk about two different instances. First one is your, you or one of your brothers begins to become reckless with a particular woman and the escapades you have in singleness and you begin to play so much you write off the behaviors that are questionable in regards to your choices with her you'll say we just having fun right now keep in mind you going to some extreme measures and what you call having fun you know um Mm -hmm. you sleeping with her unprotected is called having fun like Mm -hmm. what like what would make you believe that that extreme is just having fun? Like, no, my nigga, you enjoy her. You know what I'm saying? Like you like her, you, you want, you want the fullness of what that experience is with her. This is not just fun. You took the rubber off my nigga. Right. Like we, we all in it. Yeah, <laughs> like, cause I'm like I'm trying to process it and and give my response, but it's like if I'm thinking like, well, damn, if this was real, this would be nuts. It's like, yeah. fam, okay, I understand you like her, I get that, cool, but if you are not ready to seriously be with her, like it's cool that y'all having fun. If y'all decided y'all having fun, I'm I'm with that. Turn up, but in your mind. 
if y'all first haven't had a conversation about, look, what if we have sex unprotected? What if you get pregnant? What's the outcome? If y'all haven't had that discussion, if you're not seriously ready to be in a serious relationship with her, like you do not need to be having sex unprotected. You yeah, like because yeah. the consequence of that is pregnancy. So she gets pregnant, right? She decides she wants to have the baby. Like this is these are the things you have to think about proactively. Like I know unprotected sex is great, but you do understand that there are consequences of that. So if you're ready for those consequences, by all means, my God, turn up. But if you're not, you can't like, you don't need to be doing it. Yeah, like have yeah. fun with restrictions. Right. And in singleness, when you think about the man's responsibility in singleness, this is the space where he forgets that a man is responsible for leadership in any interaction that he has with a woman or child. Yeah. Now, True enough, you, like I said, you spent so many um, years, you know, doing you and and not having to care about nobody. And this is how you turn on the woman. You so stuck on yourself Mm -hmm. thinking that, oh, we just having fun. We doing what grown folks do, not assuming responsibility for the person that is allowing you to have this fun with her. You still are. You still are responsible for protecting her and yourself. Yeah. You lose some type of insight that tells you, okay, it might not be the smartest thing to sleep with her unprotected because to me, when the condom comes off, so does the barrier. Now right. we can we can get into a space where she might start developing feelings because we've become sexually personal with each other. Like all of these things that y'all not thinking about when y'all turning up. So now you trying to look at her crazy when she say, well, I thought we were growing or I thought we were, you know, getting closer because everything about your actions was showing that. Exactly. Exactly. But you're still trying to stand on singleness principles when you're doing a very manly thing. You're doing a very boyfriendish thing thing you're doing everything that you know that tells her that you belong to me you you desire me completely you you know you you desire me without restrictions that's everything that speaks to a relationship right you know what i'm saying that and that's what's confusing to our women and that's the indicator that we overlook and also why we should be a little bit more respect respectful to how we speak to our baby mothers because a lot of those women are who they are because of our lack of leadership. Mm, okay. It's, so when you decide to go left on your baby mama, like you got to remember, like it's your fault because you saying now after the kid is born and now that y'all not getting along, I shouldn't have done whatever you was considering fun in the beginning right that's something you should have thought about before like you can have fun but you have to understand the consequences of the fun that you're trying to have like exactly exactly and and i think that's that's the biggest that's probably the biggest issue is like okay you want to you want to have fun right fine but 
do you know the results of the fun you're tr- you're trying to have? Because that fun, like you're you're only having fun for for a night, but that fun that that one night of fun could turn into a lifetime of responsibility. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's I think that's the the missing key here. Like that that's the part that's the part people don't think about when when out here doing all this extra stuff, you know. Yeah, and and it's yeah. unfortunate. Yeah, it really is. And then, like, to even follow this up, now this kid is here. Yeah. You know, and you done made us all an uncle. Like, we all, you know, became uncles to, you know, your offspring that you had with this woman that you don't have no respect for. Mm -hmm. Like, this is the point when, like, the brothers become critical because, one, if, if you are still immature while being a parent, and now having a baby's mother to deal with and still support and you still around some stupid niggas, you doomed. Yeah. You are Definitely. doomed. You know what I'm saying? And it's like in our brotherhoods, the children become attached to the people that they feel like are now uncles. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Mm-hmm. And we don't really accept full responsibilities of the titles we carry as adults to our inherited nieces and nephews. And even as an adult speaking this, it will bother me to know that my father was doing my mother wrong and my uncle knew about it. Right. Yep. I agree. You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> yeah, man. It's, it's, it's crazy. It's, it's a, it's a crazy <laughs> cycle. It's like thinking about it. Thinking about it is so frustrating because it's it, like this type of it literally happens every day. Yeah, and yeah. and I know I'm I'm certain there are, there have been some people, some friends, and a friend group that have tried to let their god as wild and know like, look, like you really tripping, like you gotta relax, and for whatever reason, the god didn't listen, and now has one two three children that he's not taking care of and like it frustrates me so much like that is so Mm -hmm. frustrating yeah it's like if you don't it's okay to not want to have children like i get that but if you're going to you have to be responsible for your actions like you're deciding to take these actions that result in pregnancy and childbirth so since you're taking these actions, you need to take responsibility. Like it's that simple. Right, right, right. And, and if you don't want to take that responsibility, stop going through the actions. Find right. a hobby. Do something else. Like Yeah. And see, like we always we always look at women in a negative light when they come at us in certain areas of our relationships where they become permissive of certain social um, outings that we have based upon who is going to be there to hang or kick it. Like Mm -hmm. if, if you name Reggie, who's the biggest slut of the crew, she's more than likely going to say, nah, my nigga, you can't go over there. Yeah. Because, you know, unfortunately, because she knows that the men you hang around the most are not even guys that are holding each other accountable for all of these kids that's that done been born into y'all friend circle, all of these women 
that she speak to whenever all the brothers get around each other and they in the kitchen talking about how one done caught you cheating and the other one done caught you texting some other chick. She knows that your friends ain't the best quality of niggas that you could possibly have. And she knows that you love these niggas, but she's holding you accountable and you can't see that because you thinking that she's trying to keep you from living your life, which is probably something you lived enough of. Facts. <laughs> now it's time for you to take responsibility. But it's true. And, and to take that a step further, at what point do I say to myself as the person that has those type of friends, but I am in a relationship, at what point do I say, you know what? I don't even want to hang out with them because I know the type of time they own, but I'm I'm in this relationship and I don't want to do anything to mess that up. So mm. some of the responsibility is on would be on myself as well because I already know what they're doing and I don't want to put myself in that position because I don't want to I don't want to I don't want to put myself in a position where I have the opportunity to even mess up my relationship. Mm. That's going to be hard though because part of part of me feels like there is a point where um and it may not necessarily be for your relationship it may be for your brothers and this is what we're talking about when the brother goes left like mm-hmm. you have to understand as a man at what point is it absolutely necessary as a brother to separate from the pack yeah that's the conversation the brothers have to have we have yeah. to have a full understanding of what our our manhood is based upon if we not taking pride in our families if we not you know raising our kids and you know taking care of the wife like we have to set those standards and create that pack early so that Mm -hmm. we understand that when the brother gets married and he not hanging around the single homies this is how we not take this personal because we know that he has become a successor of this space that we occupied as single men so because we don't have those morals in place this is how those situations where the woman is kind of the i guess the deciding factor of how you socialize and you begin to lose yourself because you don't want to put all of your trust and all of your time into that relationship because you're gonna get tired of her just like you get tired of them yeah so that's, you have that's why to, I advocate for hobbies. Got to find. Yeah, out. <laughs> you gotta you gotta have some hobbies, and you have to have people that support the healthiness within your hobbies. You know right. what I'm saying? Yep. So, but then again, there's a point where I think it's healthy for all of the brothers to just get together by themselves. Like, and this is the part of the conversation of you know where we were asking like, what should men do more of? to improve the quality of the brotherhood like usually when some of the brothers get along with each other it's because they're doing their old shit they they at the clubs getting at the women you know doing the usual shit that they will do when they get around each other but they don't spend enough time together Together, just themselves you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. like women they'll go on a retreat be nothing but women. Even in our videos now, you seeing like women having a ball with no men around. Yep, hell yeah. And it's great. I love to see it. But yeah. 
and see that and and that's what men should get together and start doing like and and i don't mean just sitting at home like everybody going to one person's house with beer and stuff like that's that's you know that's cool too but like go go to like one of these action parks or go zip line and like go yeah, do an activity sure. together go to top golf like do like do something be active together where mm-hmm. you guys can you know can say can have some type of camaraderie to encourage each other to do things like i'm terrified of heights like i'm terrified of heights but if i was going ziplining with my homies like i know they're going to encourage me like oh no you you know you got it that type of stuff so that that's the type of things men need to get together and do but I know a lot of, I know some guys will be like, oh, well, I don't want to sit around with a bunch of dudes and do all this extra stuff, but why not? Like, yeah. I don't understand why not. And that's probably why you lose so many friends is because y'all not taking enough chances on the brotherhood to see it grow. Facts. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, part of the reason why you don't understand why the brother is kind of like exiling himself from the crew is because he's feeling like his growth is stagnated now that he's leveling up. He's yep. found a woman that is improving his lifestyle and, you know, probably helping him better, you know, manage a lot of mm-hmm. different things that he doesn't get to, you know, maintain in the brotherhood spaces. So I think we need to we need to really look at like how we socialize with the homies. I really think it's a great idea for, you know, us to get away from the women and just kick it and kind of like purge those things out of our systems to not be boyfriends and husbands for a couple of days to not be fathers for a couple of days and just be around the homies and hit a gun range or you know go sit and hit a basketball game or like just things that we can do that takes the you know i guess the the cat and mouse of male and female interaction out mm-hmm. of the picture, you know, um, because it's healthy and, you know, then you also bond with your brothers and you get to know things about your brothers that you probably may have never seen while y'all was doing typical man shit, you know? Right. And so, getting, getting, getting out of your comfort zone brings, I, f- I feel like getting out of your comfort zone brings a more, intimate type of setting and of course by intimate i don't mean sexual but i mean like just being around your group of friends outside of what you're comfortable doing it's like i feel like that can bring the group of friends closer mm-hmm. yeah so like how do we approach the brother who like has no regard for his baby mother or you know i mean even a wife in that sense because that could be her too. Like, how do we approach the brother that doesn't have the regard for the most important women in his life when part of why he's that way has a lot to do with us? Like, how do we approach that as men? Do we own that as men? I think if you have, if, if you have a friend, if you have a really good friend that is in that type of position, I think it is, your duty to try to at least help him understand what's what's going on and again 
you will probably have to take him out of his comfort zone in order to really talk to him about it because if he's in the same if he's in the same place he's in the same mind mind state yeah so you can't you can't explain something to somebody when they're comfortable because they're the way they think always reverts back to what they're comfortable with so try to get them outside of their comfort zone and really help them understand like look this is the situation you're in is not is not an ideal situation it's not a good situation and the majority of the issue is you and i'm yeah, and i'm not yeah. blaming and and we we have to make it seem like we we can't attack our friend we have to just help try to help him understand it's like i'm not blaming you for anything but this is what i see is happening and yeah true and also have to come with a solution so not only are we bringing up the issue we have to have what we feel a solution could be because if you just come with what the issue is that seems like an attack Mm-hmm. It's like I'm I'm not attacking what you're doing, but this is what I see and maybe if you do a b c d things will things will become better for your situation. You will be more happy, maybe she'll be more happy as well like just try to help them understand. Right. And that, and, that, right. and that's really all you that's really all you can do. I mean, if you can try to help them understand, if they get it, that is fantastic. But if they don't, at least you can say you tried. Yeah. And I think that we as brothers too, and responsibilities to those children, like um, you got to realize too that just as much as you believe that these kids look at you as uncle on the strength of your brother, mm-hmm. you also are a brother to that sister that gave birth to those kids too. Right. So it's your job in a sense. And I think that this has a lot to do with um women now saying that you know they need us to protect them like these are ways that um we can show our protection by making sure that this woman stays considered whenever we are in the presence of that brother that's doing her wrong yeah you know what i'm saying like we gotta still stand up and say hey bro that's fucked up what you're doing or you know even you know, because I think that there's a certain level of accountability that that brother is feeling when he's still doing her wrong, but not in our presence. Because at least he know you can't do that shit in front of us. Facts. That's right. You know what I'm saying? So um, those type of things are the way in which we kind of shift the paradigm for those kind of situations because we don't look deep enough into what makes us like family in a sense. You mm-hmm. know, like... um. I hate to I hate to be that brother all the time that, you know, has to be the one to speak up because, like I said, when you have a leader, those are the people that tend to get crucified because you're going to be the only one that say something. Yeah. Every time, you know, every time a nigga do something wrong, it's like, oh, here come BJ. You know what I'm saying? And Mm -hmm. I hate to be in that position. But that's also telling me that in those circles, it's not enough leaders. It's not enough right. niggas doing the right thing. So this is what this conversation is about. Like usually when your right hand man goes left, um, it's always looked at as a wrong. It's he did something to violate the relationship. But in these cases, we have to start to go left from what makes us comfortable with 
the inferior parts of who we are. You know, yeah, we all have a story. We all have experiences and we definitely have highlights even in our low places. But it's time to go left of that to get on the right path to where we need to be as men. And um, this is why the part two of this conversation was important, because we kind of just focused on when things seem bad, how can we see the positives? But it's really like, I guess, showing growth at this point. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So I think we really covered that and um, got a clear understanding that there's more to it than just what we're comfortable with when we say our bros, our homies. Like, no, we we take responsibility of everything that comes with that man. Yep. You know, so I appreciate you, bro, for, you know, coming through and kicking it with me on that because I know this is not the typical conversation for men to comfortably you know have yeah a lot of men you know kind of shy away from these type of talks but we gotta have them you know most definitely i I appreciate you for having me um i amongst my close group of friends like these these are the types of conversations we have so to be able to come on your platform and talk about it for the masses i i i think this was i think this was a great conversation to have and i hope a lot of men listen and and understand what we're saying and hopefully it helps them in their journey as well so yeah i appreciate you for having me man anytime anytime i definitely still want to get the gang on together but um i just had to take advantage of the opportunity i really been trying to like campaign for men to come on my show because my platform is pretty much like women you know women come through and they dump a bucket of emotions over you know when i talk to them so i'm like damn why can't the homies you know come and kick it and i be you know i really want men to speak up so that the women can have takeaways and hear how we feel about some of the things that they feel so you know you know my thing has really been like get some of the bros on and so um i'm glad to have you know gotten you and ralph to come through and you know we we get to build on conversations that is important for us to have, you yeah. know? Yeah. Me, me and Ralph talk a lot of shit, but we do, we do get to a point where we do have these in-depth conversations. So whenever, listen, man, if you got a topic, you think I'm, I'm, I'm fit for it. Let me know. I'm, I'm always willing to talk, man. Always. That's dope. That's dope. I definitely will keep you in mind. And for you guys listening, um, if you heard anything that stuck or something that you didn't agree with, you can definitely join this conversation by hitting us up. You can find me personally at DergoBJ. That's D-E-R-G-O-B-J on Twitter. The subject change is the IG page for both change the subject and my uh, second platform, which I call Teach Me How to Love You Better. You can hit me up. Let me know what you thought about this episode. I have a email address, which is changed subject c-h-a-n-g-e-d subject at gmail.com and you can hit the cts hotline which is 313-652-0220 hit me with your questions comments if you have show topic suggestions whatever it is if you even want to be a guest on the show that option is available to you listeners as well um definitely hit me up and i'm going to give uh johnny the opportunity to give you all of his information again so that you can relay your messages to him as well. So go ahead, bro. Dope. Um. So 
Oversaturated the podcast. Our website is oversatthepod.com. Check us out. Anything you need to know about Oversaturated is there. If you want to follow me personally on Twitter, I'm J O N two underscores the letter B. On Instagram, I'm JBS underscore ESL underscore AAMU. Um, hit me up, follow me, DM me. We here to we here to talk about anything you want to talk about, man. We out here. Yes, sir. So definitely keep that information in mind. You'll definitely see all of his uh, credentials and the promotions for the show. Again, you know, thank my guy for coming through to talk about when a right hand when your right hand man goes left. Um, and hopefully you do take away something um, from this conversation. Again, thank you listeners for your support and all of the encouragement that you give to these type of conversations. And we'll have more following this in another two weeks. Peace and blessings. Peace. Real niggas leaders, real niggas role models, real niggas teachers, real niggas motivate the people they believe in, real niggas will break their last dollar just to feed you, real nigga talking, that's a real nigga preaching, in the world of the unthorough, real niggas decent, real niggas understand that every man has demons, we'll give them some tough love but it'll never help defeat them, devil for dishonor, that's the realest fucking reason, real niggas speaking, I ain't got a brother I would beef with, jealousy is weakness, conversation bridges up. Just be real enough to know when to admit that you've been wrong. That's a real nigga. Whatever flaws, he still gonna deal with you. Hand you the brick and sell you that he trying to build with you. Real niggas never jeopardize the dream. Every move is for the group the day you recognize the team. That's the real.